It is time for midday. It's 1130 on this Tuesday, the first day of June. Tyler Cavalli along with you. Thanks for making the Rural Voice of Nebraska a part of your day. As we start this brand new week, a lot to get to, a lot to wrap up from this past Memorial Day holiday weekend. Of course, coming up in about 15 minutes, Paul will step in and tell us what the upcoming week weather will look like and warmer temperatures certainly on the way. Jason is in. He'll tell us more about the uh, NCAA regional for the Husker baseball team and their tough draw. That's up coming this weekend. And Bob Rogan will tell us how stocks are performing as markets are open here on this Tuesday. But uh, as we always do, let's get caught up with Susan Littlefield. Uh, Susan, uh, how was your weekend? It was it was busy, but well, that's okay. That's a good thing. Just if the temperatures uh, would have cooperated a little bit better. Yeah, and if the pager would have stayed quiet. <laughs> Them would have added to it. Uh, but it was nice. It was the weather was decent, so I'm not going to complain. Okay, all right. So you were that kind of busy type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you have coming up for us here for midday on this Tuesday? Well, I'm going to kick it off here at 12:19. There is a huge heritage tractor. A parade and event that is going to be taking place in the Wisner area. We're going to get more details from Kristen Cam. She is on that committee to talk about a great event that comes up later this month. And then Alex will step in at 1245 with the Kansas Beef Council. U.S. Meat Export Federation, as we know, held their big meeting this last week. And you can hear some of the interviews that we aired on Thursday and Friday, by the way, on our website as well. But she'll be talking to the Beef Council folks about that meeting. And then it is the 1st of June which means it is June Dairy Month. So have you ever wondered what Gen Zs think about the dairy industry? We're going to find out some unique things that are being done with the dairy checkoff to get them more excited about adding more dairy to their diet. Okay. All right. Some interesting stuff coming up. We appreciate it. Have a good one. No problem. You too. All right. Let's get caught up with uh, Jason Jorgensen and sports, Husker baseball. Not a lot of people happy with uh, their draw, but uh, they're in a regional. Away goes. Uh, they're in. Folks had speculated on Nebraska being in that Fayetteville, Arkansas regional for a while, although the thought was the way Nebraska was playing toward the tail end of the season, maybe they had played themselves out of that regional into another one. But no, the Huskers will be uh, in that Fayetteville regional. And, you know, it's not a given that they will take on Arkansas at some point in that tournament. But more than likely, the Huskers will run up against their former head coach and Dave Van Horton. Listen, you're probably going to have to beat them eventually, whether you somehow made it past the regional into the College World Series. Why not make it now? That's the way to look at it. Although a lot of folks on Husker Nation and Husker Nation did not yesterday as they went to social media to voice their displeasure. Over the weekend, the Huskers picked up a ton of awards, including Freshman of the Year, and Max Anderson will get his thoughts about that big honor that was bestowed upon him. Also, the uh, Nebraska High School Hall of Fame has announced its list of inductees uh, for this upcoming uh, September. You can see the entire list at krvn.com. A number of uh, folks from our region will be honored this fall, as well they should be. Very good. That's a on the website, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Very good. Let's turn things over to Bob Brogan. How are stocks looking on this Tuesday? Stocks are a little bit higher as investors are returning from the three-day holiday weekend. And uh, things were helped by a report showing more growth in manufacturing. So folks are kind of revved up about that. Also, U.S. construction spending posted a little bit of a gain in April. And uh, that was due to strength in housing, which uh, offset some other uh, negatives. And those are some of the details that we're keeping an eye on. Okay, thank you very much. 
It is time for Regional Ag Weather Update. Paul Perkins now joining us in the studio. And Paul, is a little bit of a cooler slash wet weekend for a majority of us this past last three days. And did we get any big rain amounts? I, I did hear of some rain amounts of about an inch and a half over some portions of central Nebraska. A lot of us, though, I think about a half an inch of rain uh, to maybe up to an inch. But has some nice rainfall totals that did come at a nice relaxed pace, not all at once. And this week, we're going to see some ideal growing conditions after those rains, some warm temperatures on the way. Watch that corn grow this week. Are we thinking about any kind of precipitation later this week or at all this week? Mainly just some small chances of some rain and thunderstorms. A midweek chance here. Uh, we do have a little bit of rain trying to get squeezed from the clouds from about Alliance descending in the Panhandle. That's near a trough of low pressure. That system making its way a little bit more to the east tomorrow may drop us a little bit of light rain, but any amount's going to be on the very light side for today and tomorrow and then later in the weekend. Otherwise, a big warm-up as we head towards the late part of the week. I was going to say, looking ahead this week, Weekend is already kind of trying to figure out what the <laughs> temperatures might be in uh, low to mid eighties, maybe coming up. Yeah, and, and some locations most likely heading into the upper eighties. So wow. definitely some summer-like weather as we head towards the weekend. Uh, then that uh, trail off on those thunderstorms. But all in all, looking fairly warm over the next couple of weeks here. Beautiful. All right. Well, I look forward to that personally. <laughs> but today. Already kind of heading that way. We're seeing a lot of 60s and 70s already. Yes, a lot of us with some temperatures in the mid to upper 60s right now. We do have some low and mid 70s, though, from Lincoln on it to northeast and north central Nebraska. Up to 70 already at Lincoln, 73 at Oahu, and as warm as 75 at Valentine. Also 73 on the temperature in the O'Neill area. Most of us, though, with temperatures in the mid to upper 60s. And as you walk outside, you'll notice it's very comfortable. A lot of our dew points right now in the low to mid 50s very comfortable day across the area and the winds also staying on the light side high pressures overhead giving us some temperatures today at about five to ten degrees cooler than average a mix of sun and clouds some patchy clouds across the area right now Quite a bit of cloud cover, though, over north-central and northeast Kansas from about Phillipsburg and points to the south and east. Also some patchy clouds into much of eastern Nebraska, but a lot of us enjoying some sunny to partly cloudy skies right now. Some light southerly winds going to be in the mix for today. A few late-day thunderstorms could occur in western areas right near that trough of low pressure. And once again, a little bit of light rain or sprinkle activity currently from about Alliance to Sydney. The southerly flow off that trough of low pressure will bump our temperatures to seasonal levels for tomorrow as that low pressure trough moves a little bit more to the east we could see a few late day thunderstorms in the central and west any rain amounts still going to be on the very light side strong ridge of high pressure results in dry weather and a warming trend for thursday through most of the weekend temperatures slightly warmer than seasonal on thursday then five to ten degrees warmer than usual for friday through the weekend so many of us could be setting some highs on into the upper 80s to around 90 increasing moisture and low pressure over eastern colorado through western Kansas could lead to some scattered thunderstorms by Sunday afternoon into Sunday night. Once again, any amounts going to be on the light side. Temperatures will cool slightly from Monday, but still be slightly above average. In the long-term forecast, warmer than normal temperatures remain likely this weekend through June 14th in Nebraska and Kansas. For the early half of June in central Nebraska, average daytime highs warm into the low 80s with average overnight lows warming into the upper 50s. Nebraska and Kansas rainfall this weekend through June 14th Nothing too dry here, near normal to slightly below normal on the rainfall 
once again this weekend through June 14th. Key weather factors impacting the markets include hot and dry weather spreading across northern and central crop areas of North America and continued dry weather in central Brazil. A slow-moving storm drifting across the nation's midsection will reach the Atlantic seaboard late this week. Five-day rain totals could reach one to three inches or more from the mid-south, mid-Atlantic, and Ohio Valley southward to the Gulf Coast. Little or no rain, though, will fall for the rest of the week across the northern plains and upper Midwest. In the northern and western Midwest, very warm to hot weather in the next few days keeps the drought stress prominent. More favorable rain chances in the southeast areas of the Midwest, especially the Ohio Valley. The northern plains sustained locally significant damage due to the hard freeze last week. Northern Plains temperatures this week will warm to hot levels with ongoing drought, a combination leading to projections for lower yields in all crops. In the Southern Plains, more scattered rain forecasts this week with below normal temperatures, conditions that are slowing the growth for row crops and hindering the final ripening for wheat. Central Brazil crop areas will remain dry the next seven days. The Mato Grosso second crop corn is stressed by the ongoing dryness. Moderate to locally heavy rain is forecast mainly in southern areas of Brazil from Mato Grosso de Sul through Sao Paulo and Piranha. So this week we're looking at mostly spring-like temperatures before a taste of summer this weekend. Yes, exactly. Uh, gradually warming to seasonal by uh, tomorrow and then uh, definitely warmer than normal as we close out the week. Uh, much different forecast than we had last week. That is true. I don't think anybody's complaining about that. No. All right, for your full weather forecast, where can somebody find that? Weather page, krvn.com. All right, thank you, Paul. <laughs> If you own an antique tractor or just like to look at them, you're not going to want to miss an upcoming event for the Cumming County Heritage Tractor Drive. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Kristen Cam is one of the committee members for the event that's taking place to showcase a great anniversary for the community of Wisner, but more importantly, show the importance and the heritage that's in Cumming County. So the Cumming County Heritage Tractor Drive is going to be on Saturday, June 26th. It's actually part of Wisner's 150th celebration. So it's a really exciting time for Wisner as well. Lots of different activities going around on town. Um, so you can partake in a lot of different activities. Um, but this is for tractors of all kinds. I know that there's a, several different tractors that have some family histories that are coming and have some really cool stories to share as well. So how does somebody get themselves signed up to bring their tractor? You bet. So if you go to the Cumming County Heritage Tractor Drive Facebook page, um, you can send us a message and just let us know that you're bringing a tractor. Um, when you come to the event, we will have you sign a liability insurance and a waiver of liability of the event form um, just to make sure that the, the liability issues are taken care of. But there is no entry fee. So it's a really good opportunity to come on out and, and showcase your tractors. So. Kristen, do they have to be pre-registered for the event, or can they just arrive that day with their tractor? You don't have to be pre-registered, but if you would like to camp with us, um, our campgrounds will be open, and you are welcome to utilize that campground facility. However, you do, um, I would encourage you to make a reservation for the campground. What are the things that are going to happen? Yeah, so this is going to be actually a really historical tour of Cumming County. So you're going to take a look at the beginnings of the cattle industry in Cumming County, um, they're going to be making a stop at the fairgrounds in West Point, where the historical buildings and the tractor museum will be open for tours. Um, lunch is going to be provided to all of the drivers um, from the 150th committee. Uh, we'll make sure to take a stop at the Pioneer Cemetery over by Indian Trails Golf Course. 
take take a look at the original site of Rock Creek and the original site of Bismarck, Nebraska, and take the River Bottom Road back to Wisner. So it'll be a good little tour of Cumming County and the history of Cumming County. How much fun is that going to be? Yeah, exactly. And and these historical tractors as well, I think it'll be a, a real great event. So then for folks that want to come see, I guess I was wondering, are the tractors then going to be on display at the campground for folks to walk through and check? After the ride? You bet. After the ride, the campers, um, the anyone that's at the campgrounds will have their tractors out so people can take a walk through and, and take a peek at some of those tractors and learn a little bit more of the history of some of those tractors. What a fun event and again, a great way to celebrate a huge celebration for Wisner. Absolutely. I think it'll be a really touching um, tribute to the agricultural roots of Wisner and the 150th celebration. So you have to give a little a little brag because your son is going to participate in this. He is. Um, we actually have a tractor that we purchased from a gentleman who was passing of cancer, um, and he picked our family to, to buy this tractor from him. Um, and this is my, my son's tractor. Um, we lovingly call it Austin's tractor on the farm. Um, he rides it around the campgrounds and we have our events at the campgrounds to let people know events are coming up and whatnot, but he has taken it through parades before. Um, and he will be taking it through a parade on Sunday of the 150th celebration as well. So yeah, we're excited for him to be able to participate as well. And the reason I wanted to ask that it shows that teenagers can also drive tractors in this tractor ride. Absolutely. We're, we're welcoming anyone of any age. That's my conversation with Kristen Camp as we talk about the Cumming County Heritage Tractor Drive later this month. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. It is time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks. Well, Nebraska is headed back to the NCAA baseball tournament and will play in the Fayetteville, Arkansas Regional, which includes top-ranked Arkansas. The Huskers are the second seed and will take on third-seeded Northeastern on Friday night at 7. Now, over the weekend, NU's Max Anderson was named the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. It was a great honor. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do it without the guys around me and helping me out through the way. I mean... The upperclassmen and the coaches have just taught me so much about the game and just kind of how to stay calm throughout the whole thing. And, you know, I wouldn't be wouldn't have gotten that award without them. Anderson and the rest of the Huskers will look to pull off a shocker in this regional. Now, Arkansas is one of the top eight national seeds along with Texas, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Arizona, TCU, Mississippi State, and Texas Tech. The SEC led all conferences with nine teams in the field. The Big Ten has three, along with Nebraska, Maryland, and Michigan. Fifth-year junior point guard Delano Batten announced this week that he plans to declare for the NBA draft after two seasons at Nebraska. The six-foot-nine Canada native also said he'll keep the option open of returning to the Huskers based on his NBA evaluation. Now, the NCAA deadline for players to withdraw from the draft and retain their college eligibility is July 7th. After transferring from Western Kentucky and setting out a year, Batten, the former four-star recruit, played in all 27 games with 22 starts, averaging about 10 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists per game. The Nebraska High School Sports Hall of Fame will induct 12 athletes, 5 coaches, 1 official, and 2 contributors at its induction ceremony, which is set for uh, September 26th at Lincoln East. The induction ceremony will be the 28th, honoring those who have helped make Nebraska high school sports special. Those being inducted this year include Elizabeth behensky Shot. Carney native with two-time state golf champion. Also, Bruce Chubbuck, the second and third, will each be inducted. 
along with former Husker football player Kurt Mann of Grand Island. Sammy Reshkadowski of Shelton will be inducted. She was undefeated in the 1,600 and 3,200 meter runs during her high school career. And Dennis Sorrell, the Loomis native, was an All-State football and basketball player. He set a Class D record in the long jump that stood for 10 years and tied the state hurdles records. Of course, he would go on to play for Bob Devaney and the Huskers. Also being inducted in September will be longtime official Tim Higgins of Grand Island. He's been a registered high school official for more than 25 years. That is a look at sports. For more, you can find that anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. It is time for Midday News. Here's Dave Schroeder. Hey, good afternoon. Nebraska lawmakers ended this year's legislative session last week tackling many issues from taxes to approving casino regulations. Gothenburg Senator Matt Williams called this year's session historic. If you remember back to January when we started, uh, we were unsure about how the session would move forward because of the COVID restrictions. In fact, at one time, we were uh, very close to having to adjourn the session, and thank goodness we did not have to do that. One of the big issues for this year's session was property tax relief. Senator Williams says the legislature made significant progress in providing relief through the state's budget. We have now, through the property tax credit fund and the income tax credit fund that were created last year under 1107, We've supplied $1.7 billion of our state's funds to property tax relief over the next biennium. And that amounts to little more than 15% of our state budget now is going directly for property tax relief. So I think that is significant. In addition, the legislature enacted a measure that begins phasing in an exemption of Social Security retirement benefits as well as military retirement benefits from the state's income tax. Lawmakers will be back, though, for a a special session in the fall to work on redrawing the state's legislative and congressional districts. More than 100 rabbits were saved during a fire yesterday afternoon in Holdridge. The Kearney Hub reports the Holdridge Fire Department responded to a structure fire southwest of Holdridge. The fire began in a workshop and spread to a lean-to shelter for the owner's livestock. About 100 to 150 rabbits were evacuated from another building on the property that was about two feet from the fire. About 14 firefighters responded and able to put out the fire quickly. No one was injured during the blaze. The cause was uh, determined or presumed to be electrical in nature. An American pharmaceutical company, Moderna, says it has begun the process to win full regulatory approval in the U.S. for use of its COVID vaccine in adults. Moderna announced it's begun a rolling submission to the Federal Food and Drug Administration of data from its studies of the two-dose vaccine. Moderna's vaccine already has been cleared for emergency use by the FDA and regulators in numerous other countries. So far, more than 124 million doses have been administered in the United States. Moderna is the second COVID vaccine maker to seek full approval following Pfizer and German partner BioNTech. On the World Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. 
KRBN, The River, and Cami want to make you our big 70th anniversary winner. We've got platinum for the summer of 2021, and you could win a brand new 2020 Ram 3500 dually pickup with a Hillsboro aluminum flatbed. We're celebrating a big year with an even bigger prize, thanks in part to SureTop Angus and Charlay Farnham, Nebraska Land, Kansas Land, and Colorado Land Tire Group, and Central Valley Irrigation in Holdridge, Lexington, and Kearney. We're giving you a lot of ways to register to win. Stop by one of the many registration locations across the state. Come see us at a summer event and listen for your chance to call in and register on air. You'll have fun driving this from the pasture to a tailgate outside of Memorial Stadium. The U.S. Meat Export Federation wrapped up its 2021 Spring Outlook session last week, and that was a big focus for the Kansas Beef Council, and today we're going to learn why. We're visiting with Kevin Thielen. He's the executive director of the Kansas Beef Council. Kevin, tell us a little bit, first of all, about the Spring Outlook session and uh, what it was all about for the Kansas Beef Council. Well, you bet. Thanks, Alex, for having me. And Yeah, this is um, U.S. Meat Export Federation is the international arm of the checkoff. And um, we are seeing, you know, pretty significant value um, coming from coming from those export markets. And it's for the most recent data that we have would be through March. And basically, it's three hundred forty-eight dollars of a fed animal um, is coming from um, that international. Some of those international markets, and that's going to be. You know, we're getting updates on China, starting to see some more going into Africa, you know, Egypt, um, Japan, Korea, places like that. And when you think about the product mix, um, which is always, for me, pretty interesting, um, you know, Japan and Korea, you know, they typically would take, I would call it more more higher end um, beef cuts, but then, you know, places like Egypt, um, in Africa, they're going to take maybe some of those lower end, um, you know, things like liver, um, things of that nature, and all of that kind of comes together and contributes to the value. And um, I, I know with our Fed markets right now, you know, we're we're focusing trying to get some of those, getting some of that value back um, to cattle feeders and, and the ranchers themselves. But um, from a beef product standpoint, I mean, demand is inc- exceptional right now, and everything that we're hearing is that um, that demand's probably going to hang right in there as we go through the summer months here, um, and and I think that's, uh, that has to be looked at as a real positive. So the Spring Outlook session, Kevin, was being held this week. Tell me about some of your key takeaways from the past week. Yeah, so I mean, I think... Um, you know, COVID, you know, we're all kind of coming out of this pandemic, and um, you, you have varying degrees of, um, you know, countries that basically are kind of back to normal. Um, there's a lot of, um, I guess I would say, excitement for China because, um, you know, we're seeing China, even though there's actually a, it's a pretty significant tariff or duty that on our beef that goes in there, I think it's up to about 30%. We're seeing sales really grow into that country. And I think that's pretty exciting. And frankly, long-term, I think they're going to be a great market for us. Um, One of the things that the speakers have been talking about is, you know, we have that that grain-fed beef product, 
And when consumers get that, that taste of that, they prefer it. And, you know, that doesn't matter what market it is around the world um, because I, I, I think that, that is something that is very true. Also, a lot of emphasis is, is going to be put on Africa. And, you know, that's a, I, I'd say it this way, that's a very long, long-term play for beef in the sense of, you know, that country is really still developing. And what you're seeing is a lot of industry going in there from a maybe natural gas, oil, um, businesses such as that. And what that's doing is bringing in hotel and restaurant trade. And so, you know, that's kind of the tip of the spear, if you will, of us getting into those markets. But right now, Africa um, is very important for us trading some of those, you know, value cuts. And um, that's something that's been really talked about. The, the cool thing about U.S. Meat Export Federation, especially, especially for us here in Kansas, is we have a, a great partnership um, with the Kansas Corn. And, um, you know, Kansas Corn recognizes that that's one of the best ways to export the value of corn is doing it through beef. And so the last couple of years we have been partnering with them, um, going and doing promotions in Korea, going into Japan, and going into Mexico. And we're just in that process of starting to look at what markets we're going to go into in 2022. Um, but it's looking pretty favorable. And, and so, you know, um, kind of exciting to, to see that we're, we're kind of coming out of this pandemic and, and things are looking pretty good. All right, Kevin, as we round out this conversation, what did we miss that's important to mention? So I'd say if anybody wants... Um, to follow up some information on U.S. Meat Export Federation, you, you can find them online. Um, and you can also find information about the Kansas Beef Council at www.kansasbeef.org. And um, you can find my contact information um, listed there. If somebody has a, has a question or follow-up for me, please do reach out. All right. Great information as always. Kevin, thanks so much. Thank you. Again, we've been joined by Kevin Thielen. He is the executive director of the Kansas Beef Council, recapping their focus on the 2021 U.S. Meat Export Federation Spring Outlook Session. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. With a business report for Tuesday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are mostly higher as investors return from a three-day holiday weekend in the U.S., helped by a report showing more growth in manufacturing as the coronavirus pandemic wanes in the U.S. Banks and energy companies were among the biggest gainers. The yield on the 10-year Treasury note climbed to 1.64 percent, and crude oil prices rose more than 2 percent. U.S. construction spending posted a modest two-tenths percent gain in April as strength in housing offset further weakness in non-residential construction. The April increase is 9.8 percent above the level in April 2020, and through the first four months of this year, construction activity is 5.8 percent higher than the same period in 2020. Growth in U.S. manufacturing picked up in May even as supply chain problems persist and businesses continue to struggle to find workers. The Institute for Supply Management, a trade group of purchasing managers, says its index of manufacturing activity rose in May to a reading of 61.2 in May from 60.7 in April. 
Any reading above 50 indicates manufacturing is expanding. A new monthly survey shows the economy in nine Midwest and Plains states, including Nebraska, remaining strong in the wake of a devastating global pandemic. But the survey's index gauging inflation soared to a record high. The Creighton University Mid-America Business Conditions Index for May released today came in at 72.3, down slightly from April's record high of 73.9. Any score above 50 on the survey's indexes suggests growth. But the survey's wholesale inflation gauge for the month surged to a record 96.3 from April's previous record of 96.2, and nearly one in three supply managers surveyed said rapidly rising input prices were their greatest 2021 economic challenge. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. So have you ever wondered what Gen Zs think about agriculture? Well, during this June Dairy Month, those questions were brought up by the Dairy Management Incorporated and those with the Dairy Checkoff. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. We had the opportunity to hear from Nevin Lemos. He's a Gen Z dairy farmer from California as he talks about his generation. Uh, born and raised with uh, smartphones and the Internet, um, and one thing that I am optimistic about, uh, especially with Gen Z, is because the massive amount of information that's on the Internet, um, I, I feel like uh, Gen Z is so savvy that they're able to um, pick out what is accurate and reliable information. Um, because the in the beginning of this whole Internet boom, uh, I feel like people were, were too trusting of information and uh, didn't put the scrutiny on information like they, they should be. And I feel like Gen Z is is very good about um, cutting through the noise and getting to, to the accurate information. Nevin went on to explain to us what it was like to have a virtual farm tour with Jordan Merritt. Jordan is a highly popular YouTuber and gamer. So uh, going back to our farm tour, our digital farm tour, it was uh, over Zoom with uh, Jordan and Rosanna. Um, that was a lot of fun, um, getting to show them around uh, digitally. Um, but some of the, especially some of the questions that Jordan had, I, I was very impressed with. Um, the wanting to understand the business as a system, I thought was very interesting. Because um, we focused so much on uh, animal care and um, conveying that side and the importance of that to the consumer. But to see uh, a Jordan's especially interest in the business side and okay, so how does that uh, process work? And he was, he was a step ahead of me on a lot of his questions. Um, Barb O'Brien is president of the Dairy Management Incorporated and says this tech savvy social networking based age bracket they have massive spending power, an estimated $100 billion, and they have mostly grown up online. So again, we are actively testing new programs, new partners, new vehicles, and new messages to ensure that dairy is staying relevant and that our content is resonant. 
Now, there is a program called Beat the Lag that's tapping into Gen Z's love of gaming to capture their attention and show how dairy products can meet their wellness needs. DMI is partnering with gaming influencers like Jordan Marin, who is known to his fans as Captain Sparkles, to share the message about dairy food. The goal is to inform the the Gen Z audience that dairy is protein packed and it can help fuel you up whether you're going to be gaming or you're going to be doing homework, work, whatever it is in your day-to-day life. And according to a recent news release from DMI, studies show that more than 90% of Gen Zs play video games. And Jordan, along with his more than 11 million followers in his YouTube channel, is why Nevin, the dairy farmer we heard from earlier, feels the program is a perfect way to reach that next generation of dairy consumers. More information at usdairy.com slash beat the lag. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Playpan on the Rural Radio Network. Let's check in on the closing grain trade with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And John, it's a holiday shortened week, but that doesn't matter. There's a lot of data coming out, both for the macro market picture and for the grain commodity complex and more specifications. So as we see it, though, really starting off with a lot of bullish energy. Can we continue this momentum? Oh, absolutely. I think it comes down to forecast and, you know, the, the first thing you look at in, in my day, every day, every morning, are really two things. One, the seven-day run, model outlook, see if it's changed at all, and then what the foreign buyers have done in the day prior. And both of those are, are kind of pointing upwards now. Uh, we're running a time of the year where it's, you know, really uncertain. And, and, uh, and, it, and, I mean, it's always uncertain, but I think in these next month, month and a half, and you're talking about two weeks out forecasts, it's really important and it's highly leveraged. Uh, and you look at where it's been dry, especially up northwest, and that's that's been the uh, you know the theme here. Uh, the code is into Canada, and I think that Minneapolis contract really points the direction here. Where we trade up almost 55 today at one point, uh, we got a gap open, and um, that's the kind of action you can expect if the the weather would get really really dry somewhere else, or if we don't get the acreage that uh, the market thinks it will in the, in the reports that are coming up. So plenty of things to consider. And as we see on the protein side of the market today, really facing what the energy complex was a couple of weeks ago with that pipeline cyber attack, does that reflect anything on the grain complex? Not really. I, I don't think it's, it's it's like a short-term logistical story and long-term stories of, of being hijacked. I mean, it's basically taking communications networks and putting a gun to your head for money. Uh, that, I think, is a story worth following. But in the short run here, the market needs supply, and it's willing to pay for it. And I think the depending future price of supply is really, really hinges on the next three or four weeks of forecast. So uh, at this point in time, we could have a great crop and, and uh, you know economic data that's rolled over a little bit by Q4. But I'm willing to bet here over the short run that we get a weather problem somewhere, or the market gets excited about one. It's probably a better way to put it. And that economic data is going to be strong. And the Fed so far it appears to stay at zero. So as long as as long as they're still at zero, I like holding the egg, uh, especially you know physical supply. And if there's a weather problem, I really like it. 
Again, we're talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, and publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. If you'd like to sign up for that free newsletter or learn more, visit danielsagmarketing.com. Again, that's danielsagmarketing.com. I do remember, though, trading future options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. If you'd like to listen to John Payne, Mike Zuzlo, or our opening market commentary one more time, check out the podcast tab at ruralradionetwork.com. All right, thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of Midday. Catch the Midday podcast sponsored by Devaney Motors at krvn.com.